Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is May 2nd, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Swallows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is I think it happens to everyone as they grow up. You find out who you are and what you want. And then you realize that people you've known forever don't see things the way you do. And so you keep the wonderful memories and you find yourself moving on by Nicholas Sparks. I really like that quote because I fully agree. Um, I had ended a really uh, big friendship in my life uh, in my mid-20s. And this was someone who was like such a big part of my adulthood. She was my first adult friend and she was a little older. And so she had like herself figured out and I had nothing figured out. (laughs) And so um, during that time in your life, people highly affect who you become. Like there are still things I like because I knew her. And um, of course, we are very different people. So once our friendship ended, uh, I became a more authentic version of myself because I was modeling after her because, you know, you're young, you know. Um, But even though we're no longer friends, I still look on that friendship so fondly. And I'm so grateful for uh, her part in my life. And I'm so grateful for uh, the parts of me she affected. And I think that is the key indicator that we've truly moved on. When you no longer look at that person with anger or resentment or thinking about the bad times. Honestly, I can barely remember like the bad times. And when you can look back at a relationship and kind of just be grateful for the part they had in your development, I think that is really neat. Anyways, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Sip of Spells dark fay, which is a mate. And we went over yesterday, um, all the things in this tea. And we talked a little bit about yerba mate and its history and how it was banned, which I didn't know that that was really neat. Um, but today we're going to talk about the, uh, health benefits. So this is actually from the Mayo Clinic. And someone wrote into the Mayo Clinic and said, a friend suggested that I try yerba mate tea to boost my energy. What is that? And it looks like, who is this person? I want to, I just want to see what, what their letters stand for. Okay. This is a certified dietitian, a registered dietitian and health risk counselor, uh, Catherine Zertoski. So they say yerba mate, also known as just mate, is an herbal tea 
It's a traditional drink in Latin and South America, and it is made by steeping herbs from or leaves from the yerba mate plant in hot water. So drinking yerba mate isn't linked to health problems in most adults. A cup of tea with three grams of yerba mate leaves um, may oh, it, was, it may be safe to drink. Uh, some studies suggest that the tea may have helpful effects on cholesterol, weight loss, the heart, swelling, uh, inflammation, and cancer risk. But more research, of course, is needed to confirm these links. Some studies suggest that people who drink large amounts of yerba mate for a long time may have higher risk of some types of cancers, including mouth, throat, and lungs. Um, but the higher risk is linked to drinking like one to two liters, which is like eight cups a day. So, um, you know, we, we always take that into account. Uh, like we said, yerba mate has a lot of caffeine. So, of course, caffeine affects everyone differently. I am someone who is very sensitive to caffeine. Um, I had three cups of coffee the other day and I had a panic attack so tremendous that I thought I was having a heart attack. So, um, people like me probably should stay away from your mate, but if you are cool with caffeine, uh, you should be all good. All right, which is moving on to some headlines. This comes to us from Lifehacker. I thought this was really fun. This article just came out a few months ago and it's nine mostly untrue myths about witch hunts. So I thought this would be really great. We talk about witch hunts all the time. So I'm definitely curious. Um, I do consider myself someone pretty educated in witch hunts. Uh, when I wrote my book, I took the history section very seriously. And I uh, found a lot of uh, primary resources from historians and professors of history uh, when I did my uh, book. Um, so I take it very, very seriously. And so I, I think I have a good grasp on it. So I'm curious to see I'm curious to test my knowledge. So let's see. Witch hunts weren't actually medieval. Much of what pop culture has taught us about medieval history is just plain wrong. And that includes the idea that people of the Middle Ages were constantly accusing others of witchcraft. It actually wasn't until 1484 that the Catholic Church began uh, the green or uh, gave the green light for accusations. So they're talking about time periods. So um, they're saying that the witch trials occurred during early modern period and the Renaissance. So that's cool. I'm actually really bad at time periods, so I don't think that was ever anything I was concerned about. Drowning wasn't used as a test of innocence. Thanks in part to the famous Monty Python scene, we have this idea that accused witches were tested with trial by water. If you float, you're a witch. If you sink, you're innocent, but dead. This test actually dates back much further than witch trials, where ordeals by water were sometimes used to determine guilt or innocence in cases of various crimes, including murder or theft. By the early modern time period where witch trials were common, um, these trials just were no longer being used. So that's so trials by water were true and witch trials untrue. Which that's interesting. That's I don't think that's ever something I per, uh, perpetuated because I had never found evidence of it, but I had heard that a lot. The Spanish um the Spanish inquisitors weren't the ones burning witches at all. They did burn some witches, to be sure. 
I mean, if you're torturing and killing people for various real and bullshit crimes, you might as well include the stray witch you come across. But technically, um, their purview is rooting out uh, hearsay among baptized Christians. Not hearsay, heresy. Oh my gosh. Um, so earlier, Jews and Muslims were forced to convert to Catholicism and leave Spain. The Inquisition was tasked with finding people who they said uh, were Christians, but like were practicing other religions in secret. Oh my gosh. The Inquisition, um, about 7,000 people were accused of witchcraft. And if you know the numbers of people who were killed during like the witch hunts, that's a very small drop in the bucket. I didn't know, though, that they were looking for people who were pretending to be Christian to get them for not being real Christians. That's wild. Um, another myth, Salem wasn't the only American site of witch trials. So Salem witch trials of 1692 are the most famous in American pop culture, but they weren't the only trials on what was to be U.S. soil. So Hartford, Connecticut... Uh, hosted the continent's first witch execution, hanging 11 people for the crime. So that was, um, oh, and there were 20 witch trials in Virginia. Witches, brooms, and other cliches come from a legal textbook. Oh, this is fun. In the Middle Ages, what was considered witchcraft varied from place to place. There were people who claimed to be able to work magic, and church elders might disapprove, but this kind of witchcraft wasn't seen as widespread or organized. But shortly after the church authorized witch huntings, officially, um, the book, The Hammer of the Witches, Malice, uh, Maleficarum, uh, became like the legal handbook. So it promoted the idea that witches do not commit random acts of magic and demon summoning, um, but either that they enter into a pact with the devil and uh, organize, and it's like an organized network. So basically... Um, yeah, they're the ones who are really into, like, the potions and the um, babies and broomsticks and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then sex with the devil, obviously. Of course. If you're going to be a witch, you might as well. You know, in their eyes. <laughs> so, uh, witch persecutions were only for women. We know that. It was, like, 87% women. But, uh, of course, you know, some men got trapped into those dwellings as well. They just didn't want... They just, like, just... Like, just just be Catholic. That's all they wanted. <laughs> just be Catholic. Um, so if we had to, like, critically think of why we think it was primarily women, of course, people will say all kinds of things. Memes uh, with really empowers, empowering statements go viral, but may not be actually accurate. So let's look at, like, the atmosphere, right? So we had the witch trials, and basically they just, uh, they were introducing a lot of these ideas. And one was that you know, you had to convert. Um, that was one of the ideas, but also the idea that women weren't equal was also new. And, uh, I forget the man, I forget his name, but there was a guy who literally wrote a document was like, women are lesser than they're more perceptive. They're more, um, they're more gettable by the devil. So if you're like, well, why were women, uh, like 87% murdered, or it's like 83 or 87, it's 80-something, 87% the people being killed for witchcraft, why is that? Well, think about what was happening, right? So they're trying to make a lot of changes. They want everyone to convert, number one, uh, don't pretend to be, right, don't be, don't pretend to be Christian, um, but also women are now being targeted as the ones percept, uh, uh, easily 
convinced by the devil. Like women are the portals to the devils, right? So a lot's happening. So basically, of course, um, some men were accused of witchcraft because there's going to be some men who don't want to convert to Christianity, right? But for the women, it was like, it was just, there were more things they could get got on, right? So it's like men, it was, um, don't like, don't be pagan. You must be Christian. And obviously some people are going to resist that. And they did. And they died for it. For women, it was that and. It was like, yes, don't be pagan. We need you to be a Christian. Um, but also and you're lesser than. And also and the devil's going to get you. So women were just, uh, there were just more things they could get women on. So I don't, like, it's weird because, it, yes, it was like a gender thing. But it was also like there were just more crimes that they could pin on women because of these documents that were released that were like, just so you know, women are now terrible. You know what I mean? So like, I view it as a gender thing, but then I also don't view it as a gender thing, but then I do view it as a gender thing. Um, it was just a shitty time, I think is what we can say about it. Um, accused witches could be found innocent. This is interesting. So, um, while many accused witches were certainly executed or punished despite not having engaged in witchcraft, it was possible for the accused to be found innocent. In fact, many of the legal records we have point to a fairly low rate of convictions for witches. Oh my gosh, that just tells you how many people <laughs> were pointed at. Uh, take the Inquisition mentioned earlier. Um, out of 7,000 accused witches, only a dozen were convicted. Um, and only 25% of English witches were convicted. Still, uh, again, if we think about the numbers, that's still a lot of people who were tortured for no reason and murdered. Oh my gosh, full murder. Uh, burning at the stake was not particularly common. I do think we know this. Um, witches were usually hung and strang. Oh, so they, okay. Let's go by region. <laughs> In England, you were more likely to hang a witch in France or Germany, you are more likely to be strangled, and often their corpses burned afterwards. Witches were sometimes burned alive in Spain or Italy, and witches uh, convicted in Salem were hanged or stoned. So that's kind of how it all went down. So I think some of I think our biggest issue is that we equate modern witchcraft with ancient witch accusations when we shouldn't, right? Truly, it was an overreach of power. Back in that day, there was no separation of church and state. So um, the government was the church, right? So it was this, it was the government just deciding these things. And so, or the church deciding these things. And if you just didn't agree with them, they would kill you. So we have to look at it as more of a political problem and less of a witch problem. Um, because we have to just watch, kind of, you know, history repeats itself. So we have to be realistic about what that actually looked like in that those days terms. In those days, yes, it was religious, but it was also political, you know? Um, number 10, Wicca isn't rooted in ancient witchcraft. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. Wicca is very, Wicca takes, okay, so Wicca is modern, right? And, um, 
it takes from multiple things. So Wicca is a religion, right? Wicca, um, Wicca's practices are based off of um, ceremonial, uh, I don't want to say cults, but ceremonial practices such as like Freemasonry, um, OTO, uh, the Crowley stuff, right? It also takes from Hindu. It takes from uh, Celtic paganism. So Wicca is just like, it's a religion based around multiple uh, practices and spiritualities. Some ancient, some not. The religion itself isn't particularly ancient. All right, what else? This is fun. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> okay, that was it. I'm enjoying this because I feel like it's testing my knowledge, but then I get to add on like the stuff I know. So that was really fun. All right, witches, um, I'm throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, May 2nd. The waxing gibbous moon moves from tidy Virgo to diplomatic Libra today. Here, the moon squares Pluto. Pluto is making its first retrograde out of Aquarius territory, so we're reflecting on what Pluto has brought us from its initial ingress into the Aquarius space in our charts. We're starting to rethink our place in the community at large and how we, as individuals, have the power and obligation to serve the many. Pluto is asking us to look at the core of our own influence and agendas and entreating us to empower ourselves to put our ideals into action. Take some time to reflect on your sphere of influence. How can you use your personal power to benefit the welfare of those around you? Your daily moon mantra is, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. In the Black Mountain region, Fullmouth is a town of women and children. When local mothers start dying, the town is panicked. At first, the citizens believe the deaths are suicides, yet 15-year-old Pearl is unconvinced. Pearl has known visions her whole life has known the feeling of when the darkness shifts inside her and her power comes to the surface. But having recently moved to Fullmouth, the supernatural is suddenly magnified. She now finds herself able to commune with ghosts. She sees visions of how mothers will die. Relying on these powers, Pearl faces a daunting foe and the responsibility of saving the town. The only question is, will she be too late? Built on history, folk tradition, and witchcraft, The Swallows is a horror novel that explores a small town's connection to the spiritual world and the families that fill it. The Swallows by Kristen Clanton is available wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So listener Casey really wanted us to touch on Clover. So we're going to go ahead and do that now. Um, which is good time because this might be a little bit of a long episode and this is kind of a shorter topic. So Clover, what is Clover? Um, according to AnneFranklinHerthwich.com, um, Clover is often regarded as a weed, but actually if you have seen, a lot of people are turning to Clover lawns. Clover is becoming a really popular option for lawn care um, because of how easy it grows, how sturdy it grows, and how beautiful it is. 
So clovers generally have three leaves and four leaves are rare. If you hear screaming, my neighbor's child is just screaming. Um, so just finding one might be considered very lucky. Otherwise, the four leaves are taken to represent faith, hope, love, and luck. And apparently there's this little poem here. That's It's a traditional rhyme that says, one leaf is for fame, one leaf is for wealth, one is for a faithful lover, and one is to bring you glorious health. Are all in the four-leaved clover. Cute. Uh, clovers were used for love magic. According to popular folklore, place a clover leaf under your pillow to dream of a perfect partner. If you are seriously looking for a partner, place a clover leaf in your shoe, and the first man you meet will be your destined lover. Oh no. Mm-mm. Not with not in not in this gender economy with um how people be acting these days. No, no. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> not the first man I come across, no. Statistically, that seems like a bad idea. Uh, pin the clover to your door and the first unmarried man that passes will be yours again. Not in 2023. Uh-uh. Uh, scatter in front of a new bride for luck and protection. I'll give that one a pass. That Okay, that seems fine. Um, if we are to judge by fairy tales, clovers were much loved by the fairy folk. According to one story, a milkmaid accidentally picked a four-leaf clover, and the grass she used uh, she used to soften the weight of a pail on her head. When next she looked at her cow, she saw dozens of fairies milking it. In many documented recipes, a salve of four-leaf clover was said to open sight and allow a person to see fairies and spirits. Uh, clover is protective. It is a holy herb that is said to shield against dark forces. Another old rhyme says, Trayful, vervain, St. John's wort, dill, hinders, witches of their will. In Cornwall, a four-leaf clover is said to bring back a real child stolen by the pixies, by, cha by changelings. It is said that snakes will not go near uh, where clover grows. That's really interesting. Clover is a visionary herb and may be employed in teas, wine, and incense, salves, and potions to aid access to the spirit world. Again, especially for fairies during contact at Beltane. A doorway between the seasons, and um, or you can use it uh, during midsummer. So you can consecrate uh, ritual tools, uh, copper tools such as herbs, uh, herb knives, and uh, infusions, oils. Uh, you can carry it for luck. So, yeah. Super cute. We love clover. And again, it's becoming so popular with lawns. All right, witches. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Amy Sues. Amy, you innocent, scrumptious sun goddess. Kelly Corrado, you innocent, glorious gnome. Tammy Ann, you scholarly fancy tropical fish. And finally, Jess Jensen, you badass glorious fire dragon. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And we have a card pull today. Our card is the Three of Chalices from the Buffy Tarot. The friends who slay together stay together. And this is an opportunity to celebrate the people in your life. When you are influenced by the three of chalices. You might feel inspired to plan a slumber party, host the next coven meeting, or gather your crew at the bronze for some festive frolicking. Get with the fun having. 
Um, and that's it. Uh, any housekeeping? Yes. Um, so just so you know, I have, op um, I have started, uh, offering stuff here in New Orleans. So if you ever wanted to visit New Orleans or plan a solo trip, uh, totally reach out to me. Um, I offer not only accommodations, but like tours and readings and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of people want to come to New Orleans, but um, especially coming solo can sometimes feel a little uneasy. So uh, I wanted to give a place for people to come and have a nice time, but feel like they aren't alone. So to check that out, go to spirithousenola.com. That is where I just kind of put all my little information about like if you wanted to come and do like a little stay or do like a witchy thing, totally check it out. And that's it. Uh, don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources. Anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>